Well, today is uh, part two of our series called Mood Swingers. And in case you weren't with us last week, what we're doing is we're sort of looking at why moods are so important. You know, uh, if you wake up and you have a bad mood, it impacts your entire day, doesn't it? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you sometimes you, you just you woke up in a mood and your whole day was shot, or somebody said something to you, and all of a sudden you went from a really happy mood. Now you're just in a grumpy mood, and the rest of your day is ruined. Or somebody does something to you, and that can impact days, weeks, possibly even months or years. You're just in a nasty mood about the whole thing. And so what we talked about last week is that moods truly do matter. They really, really do. And we talked about how we have to get to the place where we guard our hearts. That's what Scripture tells us, is you need to, to guard your heart because whatever you allow into your heart is eventually going to come out of you. So if you've got all these moods and emotions coming out of you that you don't like, it's because you're allowing things into your life that shouldn't be there. And so we've got to be very careful to, to guard our hearts, Scripture says. And we really we looked at two things last week. We said, number one, you've got to own your emotions. Look, nobody put you into a bad mood. Right? If, if you are in a bad mood, it's because you've chosen to be in a bad mood. Yeah, maybe they did something that, that impacted you, but you have a choice in how to respond to that. And so we said, you, you've got to own it. And then number two, we said, you've you got to change your concentration. That anytime you're, you're in a bad mood, you, you've got to swing that mood the other way. You've got to concentrate on something different. And what we found is you've got to concentrate on Jesus. You've got to look to his word. And as you start to concentrate on him and you start to concentrate on his word, here's what Jesus said about joy. He said, if you'll get my joy in you, then your joy is going to what? Who remembers? Your joy is going to overflow. So the more of Jesus we get inside of us, the more his joy is going to come out of us. And so what I want to do today as we continue the series is look at a little bit more about how do we actually concentrate on Jesus. And so Scripture tells us this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. If you've got a Bible you want to follow along, that's fine. If not, all the Scriptures will be on the screen behind me. They're also there in your program. If you have a smartphone, you can pull that out, download the Version app, and you can find all the Scriptures on there as well. Here's what Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 says. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat, or worried by long months of drought, their leaves stay green, and they never do what? They never stop producing fruit. I love this. It says that this particular tree, doesn't matter what's going on. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. doesn't matter if it's windy. It doesn't matter if it's rainy. It doesn't matter if there's drought. It doesn't matter if there's snow. The changing, it doesn't matter. This tree, because its roots are deep, it's always got green leaves. It's always producing fruit. And I want you to notice here that in the scripture, it says that you and I are supposed to be the exact same way. That it doesn't matter what happens in our lives, that our leaves are always to be green, that we're always to be producing fruit. Let me ask you a question. Is that you? Or do you allow the, the bad things of life to, to swing your moods back and forth from, you know, you're happy to not happy, you're sad to not sad, and you're all over the place. You don't have to be, because again, the scripture says, if you'll get your roots deep, if you'll draw from this deep nourishment, then, and only then, will your leaves stay green, and you're always producing this fruit. And so here's, 
here's a couple points that I want to make to you here this morning. A couple ways that you can sort of change your concentration. Make sure that you're always producing fruit. Make sure that your leaves are always green. Four statements. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Just because I'm complex doesn't mean that I have to be complicated. You are complex. You realize that, right? Scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that when God made you, He made you special. He made you unique. He has given you gifts and skills and talents and abilities that nobody else has. Nobody else on this planet has the exact same experiences you have. Nobody else has the exact same background that you have. Nobody else has the exact same personality that you have. You are unique, and that's a good thing. You're very complex, but you shouldn't be complicated. You shouldn't be moody. Now, let me ask you a question. Stereotypically, when we talk about men and women, which one is seen to be the, the moodier of the two sexes. Which one? Oh, really? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I noticed that I only heard women's voices saying that. <laughs> All right. Actually, actually, I, actually, Tammy, I have a, a slide that will illustrate exactly what happens. Look, look at this slide here. Typical man's day versus a woman's day. right? Women are all over the place. They're happy one moment. They're sad another moment. They're joyful one moment. You know, they're angry. You know, they're, they're just, they're all over the place. Men, we got one look. We got one look. It's just this sort of blank stare. So, it would appear that women are more complicated than men, but guys, that's not the truth. Because see, when we just keep that blank stare, that makes it complicated for our spouse. Because you come home from work and she's like, I have no idea how to interpret that. Did he have a good day? Did he have a bad day? Is he happy? Is he sad? Should I ask him? No, I better not ask him because what if he's in a grumpy mood and he like snaps back at me? And he's probably not going to answer anyway, so I'm just not going to say anything. See, guys, that makes us complicated. Now, ladies, you're just, you wear it on your sleeve, right? You're just, you're just complicated. You're all over the place. But see, we're not called to be that. We're not supposed to be complicated people. I read a, a blog, a guy that wrote its name is Mike Labossiere, and he said this, a complicated person is unpredictable and inconsistent. Being in his or her life means that you need to have special knowledge of all their difficult ways. But even then, you can never be sure of how they will react. The only thing you can be sure of is that they're going to have a dramatic reaction because the complicated person is controlled by their emotions. How many of you know somebody that's controlled by their emotions? That when you're around them, you have to walk on eggshells. Because you're just never sure, you know, they may be like really happy and all of a sudden they just snap and they're a completely different person. And they're very moody. They're, they're all over the place. And you, you try to avoid them. Like, it's the person that, like, when your phone rings and it's caller ID, and you're like, yeah, I'm sending that one right to voicemail. Because, you, you know, it's just, it's going to be a complicated mess. Or you're at the grocery store, you know, you're just pushing your cart through and stuff, and you see them, and you're like, I was going to go that way, but now I'm going back into sections I've already been in. 
Because you know that if, if you talk to them, it's just going to be a lot of drama, and it's just going to be, ah. Uh, you, you know people like this? You sitting next to some? No, I don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. We're not called to be complicated people. We're not called to be one of these guys here. Anybody know what this is? What kind of flower is this? Anybody know? It's an orchid, right. An orchid is a difficult, complicated plant. Now, I'll be honest. My wife, Lisa, and I, we do not have green thumbs. In fact, we have the exact opposite. We had a downstairs neighbor right after we first got married that realized that we kept killing all the plants that she gave us. Eventually, she gave us a cactus, and we killed that. <laughs> so there is no possible... In fact, I didn't buy this until Friday because I was like, It'll be dead by Sunday if I get it any earlier. <laughs> Very difficult plant to take care of. I, I was looking it up online about, you know, how, how do you take care of an orchid? <laughs> One of the things said, if your flower is happy, then it'll produce blooms for three to four weeks. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? The flower's supposed to be, I thought flowers were supposed to make me happy, not the opposite way around. I'm supposed to make this little guy happy. So I looked up, okay, how do you make an orchid happy? And so there's instructions online. How, how do you make an orchid happy? One of the things it says is, you know, make sure that it isn't in a direct draft and no direct sunlight either. Okay, that, that's simple enough, right? We, we, can, we can handle that. Next, it said this. Don't water like you would a typical plant. You need to instead get your spray bottle out and gently spray the flower buds. <laughs> spray it. <laughs> now here's the kicker. It said, as you're doing that, don't get the leaves wet. If you do get the leaves wet, then get out a tissue or a cotton swab. <laughs> and gently dry it. During warmer summer months, open a window so that a light breeze stirs the air. <laughs> During the colder winter months, get your flower an oscillating fan so that occasionally a gentle breeze is stirring it. And as I'm reading all this, and there was more, I stopped at that. I was like, are you kidding me? Seriously? Seriously? Come on, seriously? Some of you don't take care of your kids as well as you're supposed to take care of an orchid. And I was like, this thing is complicated. And I realized that what I wanted to say to you today is this. Don't be an orchid. In fact, turn to the person sitting next to you and say, don't be an orchid. You know what you want to be instead of an orchid? You want to be one of these guys. What's this on the screen right now? What kind of tree? Anybody know? It's an oak tree. Oak trees are not complicated. You ever seen somebody outside at their oak tree? <laughs> Never seen that. You ever seen somebody out with their tissue? Wiping the leaves after the rain. 
getting out their oscillating fan and it's like blowing on the oak tree. You don't see that. Why? Because it doesn't need it. Its roots are deep. It's not a complicated thing. You got to be an oak tree. See, the, the oak tree flourishes no matter what circumstances or situations it's in. It doesn't matter if it's raining too much or not enough rain or if there's snow or if it's windy or if there's drought. It, it doesn't matter. The oak tree is always going to flourish, just like the tree that we read about in Scripture there earlier in Jeremiah that said that it's always green. It's always going to produce fruit. And that's who you're supposed to be. Yes, you're complex, but you're not called to be complicated. People should want to be around you. People should want to be around you because they see you as an oak tree, as someone that I can lean against for support, somebody that's there for shade and comfort in my life. So yes, you're complex, but don't be complicated. Don't be an orchid. Number two. I can't be perfect, but I can be poised. Can't be perfect, but I can be poised. You ever heard somebody use the expression, they say, that so-and-so, they are poised under pressure. You ever heard that before? Look, again, circumstances and situations in your life are not going to be perfect. Bad things are going to happen. People are going to do things that would usually have caused you to get in a, a moody mood, you know, that, that you're just emotional, that you want to react in a negative way. But here's the, the cool thing. If your roots are deep, if you have this overflowing joy of Jesus that we talked about last week, then you can be like that tree that we talked about earlier. Because now you're going to have self-control. You see, Scripture says this. That the fruit that we as followers of Jesus have in our lives is what's called the fruit of the Spirit. That we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, the more you get Jesus' joy in you and you allow Him to change you and your emotions, the more His joy is going to come out. And again, it expresses itself in joy, but it also expresses itself in all these other things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So life isn't going to be perfect, but you can be poised in the midst of it because as followers, we're to have this self-control. That we don't have to react the way that the world reacts when bad things happen. Now, how do we, how do we go about doing this? And by the way, let me say this. Emotions aren't bad. We're not called to suppress our emotions. We're just called to keep them under control. Does that make sense? Emotions are a good thing. It's just when you realize that your emotions are getting out of control, you need to then have the self-control to swing your mood back the other way. And the only way you can do that is through the power of the Spirit as you get rooted deep in the Jesus. Again, you need to be more like the oak tree than the orchid. Did you know that oak trees, their roots go 15 to 18 feet below the surface? And did you know that as you look at an oak tree, the, the width of it, that the roots underneath the ground are anywhere from two times to ten times wider than the tree itself? No wonder it can withstand wind. No wonder it can withstand when there's drought. Its roots are deep. 
It's drawing nourishment from areas that, that we can't even see or even comprehend. And you and I are to be doing the exact same thing. Emotionally, we need to be strong. Not because we ourselves you know, are walking through life going, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. That's not about that. It's through the power of God and the power of His Spirit. But you've got to be rooted deep into His Word. Again, realize tough times are going to hit. But in that moment, the very first thing you need to do is you need to say, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I, I need your spirit to help me swing this mood back. I need to know from your word how I can accomplish that. Now, is that what the typical person does? Think about the average person that you know. When somebody says something to them or somebody does something bad to them, what do they do? Do they go to Jesus first? No, they go to their coworkers, they go to their family members, they go to their friends, and they verbally vomit all the stuff over them. It's just like all this junk, I'm just going to spew it all over you. And then we wonder, why don't people ever want to be around me? Why do people ignore my calls? Why are people avoiding me in the grocery store? It's because you're just bleh. Now, that isn't to say that you shouldn't have places where you can share what's going on in your life with other people. But that should come after you've, first of all, taken it to Jesus. See, you, you take it to him and you say, Jesus, here's what they said to me. Here's what they did to me. And I'm angry. I'm upset. Emotionally, I'm not in a good place right now, and I'm going to need your help to swing my mood back the other way. So show me from your word how to do that. Give me some next steps that I can take in order to accomplish it. And then you take it to a family member or a friend or a coworker, somebody in your life group, and you say, look, here, here's what's going on, but here's what Jesus has told me to do. Here's what God's word has instructed me to do. And see, now they don't see you as somebody that's just verbally vomiting on them. They see you as somebody that has self-control. Somebody that's mature enough in their faith to know that we take all of our needs to God first. And now they can come alongside of you and not see you as needy as, a, as an orchid. They'll see you as someone that, hey, I can come alongside of them and I can pray for them. I can hold them accountable. I can support them. I can do whatever I can to help them take that next step that God is directing them to take. You see the difference there? But most of the time, we, we just want to just give all of our junk out. But you don't have to be that way. You can be poised under pressure. Now, if you'll do this, again, Scripture says that when the bad times come, and they will come, People will be able to look at your life and they'll be amazed because your leaves are still green. You're still bearing fruit. And they're going to say, I would have flipped out in that situation. How, how are you able to do that? How do you have so much poise? And see, that, that's a way to, to share your, your love of Jesus with others and say, look, on my own, I couldn't do it. But because of him, because of his help, I was able to swing my mood the other way. And it's only because of him that I'm able to do that. But again, that means you've got to get your roots right. 
Too many of us were concerned with our branches and our blooms. I'm here to say, that's, that's good. You need to sometimes be concerned about your outward appearance, your branches and your blooms. But first of all, be concerned with your roots. Because if you get your roots right, then everything else is going to be right as well. Number three, life will bring chaos, but I can remain calm. Let me give you a little tip. The calmer you stay in the midst of chaos, the faster the chaos is going to go away. I mean, think about it in your life. If you go into an emotionally charged situation and then you get all emotional, does that help to de-escalate the situation or does it in fact escalate the situation when you become all emotional about it? It escalates it, doesn't it? Makes it worse. And so the calmer you are in the chaos, the quicker the chaos is going to go away. Now, we talked in the previous point about how you need to have your roots deep. And that involves getting into into God's Word and, and taking your needs to Jesus first. And here's why that's so important. Because when you do that, you are going to have something supernatural happen in your life. Yes, you have to have a certain amount of self-control, but there's a supernatural thing that happens where God gives you this calmness, this peace that is not of your own. In fact, look at what Scripture says. The Apostle Paul is talking in Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 to 7. He says, let your gentleness, your calmness, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And His peace will do what? What's it say? His peace is going to guard your heart. That's what we talked about last week, that we need to guard our hearts. Guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't this cool? You don't have to go through this alone. You can swing your moods simply because God's Spirit is going to give you the power to do it. So there is a supernatural aspect. But let me say this. There's also some common sense things you can do as well. Because many of you, you, you create chaos. It's not that you just walk into a chaotic situation, now you've got to deal with it. You're actually creating it in your life. Let me give you some examples. If you've got to be up early in the morning you know, for work or church or school or whatever, it's not a good idea to stay up till 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You know why? Because the next morning you're going to be tired. And anytime we're tired, guess what? Now all of a sudden we're going to be much more emotional. We're much more moody. Our resistance isn't nearly as high. And so just use a little common sense. Or here's one for you. Those of you that are parents or maybe grandparents and you, and you have kids that are still, you know, of like napping age, which my personal uh, theology is that every age should be napping age, you know, including <laughs> 40 however many I am. How, what is this year? I'm 43 now. Wow, I'm getting old. 43? I mean, I, I love naps, you know. Kids, take naps. They're good for you, all right? Uh, but if you got like, you know, an infant or, you know, a one, two, three-year-old that, you know, they should still be taking naps and stuff, use a little common sense. Probably not a good idea to go to the grocery store between 1 and 3 p.m. Because all of a sudden, your kid is going to become that kid. You know which kid I'm talking about, right? (laughs) And you could have avoided it with just a little common sense. So keep the calm 
amidst the chaos, but don't create the chaos yourself. Number four, high stress in my life is no excuse for high drama in my life. Look, there is no denying that there's just stressful times, stressful seasons of life. But you don't need to embellish it by becoming a drama king or a drama queen. Nobody wants that. I mean, drama works great in movies or in books, but not in real life. I mean, for two hours as we're watching a movie, it's like, okay, I can stand this person because it's adding some, you know, depth to the story and a little bit of tension and, man, it's making for a good story. But nobody wants to deal with drama in real life. Don't be the person that other people are going, all right, come here, let me spray you. Let me get the oscillating fan out, put it on you here for a while. Don't be that person. We don't need all the, the drama. Have self-control. How do we have self-control? Again, we dig deep into God's Word. We get our roots deep. We take all of our needs to Jesus first. You, know, you don't want to be high maintenance. And again, there, there's certain seasons of life that it, it is going to be stressful. But in the midst of the stress... Be aware of your moods. If you see your mood is getting to where it shouldn't be, then back away from it a little bit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Make it your goal in life to stay calm. Live a quiet life. Mind your own business and work hard. Many of you, the reason that there's drama in your life is because either you're creating it you're inviting it, or you're associating with people who bring it. And so we've, we've got to be very, very careful about who we're around and the, the, the moods that we ourselves are creating. You know, I mentioned to you in the last uh, point about just using some, some common sense. Well, it's the same way with this whole drama thing. It's not a good idea to throw a party for, you know, a loved one if in the weeks leading up to the party... You're just going to be super stressed. And all your family is suffering for it. It's better just not to have a party. It's better not to take the promotion at work. You know, if, if you know that the, the new hours or the new responsibilities is just going to cause you to get all stressed out, it's better just not to take it. Why do that to your, your family? Why put them through that? We don't need all the, the drama. Again, use some common sense. So I wrap up today. Let me give you a couple words that can help you sort of apply today's message. We're just going to go through these really, really quickly. There are six words. They all start with the letter R. The first one is this, reflect. Again, we're trying to go from being an orchid to being an oak tree. And so when you have stressful things come in, when you have people do bad things to you, when you have people say bad things to you, the first thing you need to do is just sort of step back, reflect on it, get a little bit of perspective. You know, when we're in the midst of all of it, it's just hard to see right in front of us. So we need to get that high aerial view of the situation. And so you need to reflect. Number two, then, you need to request. This is the part that I was telling you about that you need to take it to God. You need to say, Jesus, here's how I'm feeling right now. 
Here's what they did to me. Here's how they, they hurt me. Here's what they said. And here's how I'm feeling. Again, it's not wrong to express your emotions to God. We talked about it last week. As you read through the Psalms especially, oh man, there's all kinds of stuff that, that people are saying, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm, I'm bitter, I'm jealous, I'm envious, all kinds of things. It's okay to express those emotions, but to express them to God and say, God, I don't want to be like this. Change me. Help me to swing my mood the opposite way. So how do we do that? Well, the next R word is read. What are we going to read? We're going to read God's word. We're going to get in here and see, does God say something about my situation? Is there scriptures that will help me as I'm reflecting on this and and trying to process the whole things to, to swing my mood the opposite way? Next thing, we're going to rejoice. You're going, what what in the world is this all about? Well, here's what we're told in the the book of James, that we're to consider it pure joy anytime we face trials of many kinds because the testing of our faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. None of us here today want to lack anything, do we? And so God says, look, sometimes I allow bad situations and circumstances in your life because I'm testing you. I want to develop your faith. And so when bad things happen, the first thing we should do is say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing this into my life because at the end of it, I'm actually going to be better because of it. So we rejoice. Next, we remember. We remember. Again, when we're in the midst of all of it, it feels like the walls are caving in on us. It feels like there's no way we're possibly going to get victory here. But we've got to remember back to the past, to the times that we were through similar situations or maybe even worse situations and say, wait a second, God brought me through that and there's no reason that he won't bring me through this. So you remember God's faithfulness in the past. Then the last one then is you repeat. What are you going to repeat? We're well, going to repeat God's word. See, it's not enough just to read it. Eventually, you've got to internalize it. This book is likened to a sword. And Satan, our spiritual enemy, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to make your life miserable. He wants you to always be in a bad mood. But many times we go into the battle against Satan without our sword, without our weapon. And you can't say, oh, Satan, I I wasn't expecting to see you here. Uh, Hold on a second. Let me go home. I'll look up a couple scriptures. I'll come back and then we'll do battle. No, you've got to get God's word in your head, in your life, so that what is in you now comes out of you. So when he tries to do something, you're like, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh-uh. Satan, that may have worked in the past, but no longer. Because here's what God's Word says about my situation. And Scripture tells us that when we quote the Word of God to Satan, he has to flee. He can't stay in our lives any longer. So you've got to repeat God's word. So again, today was about, are you an orchid? Are you an oak tree? You've got a choice. But see, a part of the choice is you've got to have a relationship with Jesus where you're saying, Jesus, I want your joy to become my joy so that my joy may overflow. And Jesus, I'm going to get in your word and I'm going to learn how to better swing my moods. I'm going to internalize it so that what is in me now comes back out of me. So again, your choice, orchid or an oak tree. Go ahead one more time. Turn to your neighbor. Say, don't be an orchid.
Please be an oak tree. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to come together to worship you and to dedicate the children here this morning. And Lord, for the opportunity to, to dig deep into your word here and just look to see how can we swing our moods? How can we concentrate on you more? And Lord, I just pray that as I've been speaking, your, your spirit has in turn been speaking to people's hearts and lives to show uh, maybe some emotions that are a little off track right now or show some attitudes that are off track, show some actions that uh, maybe from the past or even currently that just aren't pleasing to you. And Lord, I, I pray that we would take seriously this, this, uh, this promise that you've given us that if we will get your joy in us, then your joy will overflow out of us. And so Jesus, help us to concentrate every day on having a relationship with you, fixing our eyes on you, and then getting into your word to see the, the truths about how we can have the best life that we can possibly have right here and right now. A life that's not lived according to what we want to do, but it's lived according to your spirit and the power of your spirit that is in us. Father, change us from the inside out. Help our roots to be deep. Help us not to be a complicated orchid, but a, a richly nourished oak tree whose leaves are always green, who's always producing fruit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.